0: Welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. My name is Will Staney. I'm the CEO at Proactive Talent and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance with my fellow co-founder. Hey there, this is Brian,
1: director of employer brand at Indeed and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance.
0: Now, the Talent Brand Alliance is a community for recruitment marketing and employer branding professionals who want to connect with and learn from their peers both online and offline.
1: We're here to talk and learn about all things recruitment marketing, talent brand building, and talent brand technology with the employee experience storytellers that do this every day. You ready? Let's go. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Talent Brand Podcast. We're so excited. We're excited to have Barry Pole. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, formerly of Lyft. Barry, you have been on exciting and interesting as well as challenging journey over the last several months as all of us have. Welcome. We're so, we're so happy to have you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And, Except- and so when I say interesting, there's layers there, right? So you've got you, you live in the New York area, don't you? I do. And New York has been hit really, really hard with the pandemic and with a whole bunch of things, political, environmental, societal, a whole bunch of different things. So you've got a whole lot of interesting things that are going on. You've also got some personal challenges. What, what's been going on over the past few months for you?
2: Yeah, it's uh it's certainly been a whirlwind, and I feel like I've lived a lifetime at this point. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I am in the New York area. Um, I live in a suburb, so fortunately, I've been a little removed from all of the action happening internally. But one of the biggest effects I've certainly um, felt um, on a, the professional side of things is, you know, like so many others, the the impact of this um, pandemic has you know impacted me as far as my role. Um, and unfortunately. I'm no longer with Lyft, um, but leading up to that, I would say I was busier than I ever had been. Um, you know, one of the interesting things during this time has been seeing the way that companies have really responded, both on a community level um, and also um, internally with their own employees. And Lyft was doing a lot of really, really incredible things. To- the community during this time and show that it's putting its drivers and also the community at large first. And being the head of employer brand there, I felt a real personal responsibility to tell those stories um, through the lens of the employees that were driving those internally. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a pretty hectic uh, couple months to say the least. And now I'm really shifting my focus as far as you know where to go from here now that I have a lot more time on my hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, and in light of that, you know, I'd love to know how did you get into this space. Tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, in case somebody's looking for an amazing employer brand leader, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your career journey.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I started out on the consumer marketing side. My first job was at an ad agency, um, working with IBM as my first client. Um, you know, I quickly realized that I thought that I would be better suited for an in-house role um, and that's when I made the switch over. Um, I really honed my digital marketing skill set at that point. Um, that was certainly when social was becoming a thing um, that brands could leverage um, in terms of highlighting, um, you know, what they have to offer to consumers and at that point I was finding that while I enjoyed social being um, a part of my role, I didn't see it necessarily being the sole focus of my role um, and that's really where my career was headed in at that point. So, I was in that place where I was mass applying, um, you know, throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks, which is not really the most strategic uh, career move to necessarily make. But I was earlier on, <laughs> I'm, you know, older and wiser now, I think. Um, and really, I was applying to any type of role that had marketing manager in the title. And one of the roles that I applied to had the job title marketing manager recruiting. Didn't think too much about it when I applied, and it wasn't until the recruiter who reviewed my ap- application reached out and had said, You know, this role is really all about marketing the experience of what it's like to work here which was at Prudential um, and really highlighting you know what makes working here so special in order to attract prospective talent we don't want someone who has experience in HR we want someone who is a marketer at heart and can really apply those hard marketing skills that they had gained and just you know working to attract a different type of audience um, I had had friends that worked at Prudential already and had really amazing things to say about the culture um, and how they valued their employees and um, it was interesting because I've always just had a personal passion for candidate experience and the lasting impact it can leave for better or for worse. Um, I never even realized that could be part of someone's job. Um, And it was just interesting seeing that slowly um, come into um, you know the scope of my own world um, when I joined Prudential and really at that point I didn't know the first thing about recruiting outside of my own experience as a candidate um, I did no marketing so really um, there was a bit of a learning curve to figure out um, the ins and outs of recruiting all the the Lingo all the different tools that can be leveraged. It was it was a lot to learn um, But really I found that I had found my calling um, I was so passionate about the space and I worked for an amazing leader who really was a visionary in the space and taught me a lot. Um, You know, he was really the one who was setting the strategy and I was really focused on execution and really figuring out all the different facets that fall into employer brand, whether that's social, um, the career site, um, you know, recruiting events and conferences, partnering with individual recruiting teams, whether it's the diversity recruiting team or the university team to help them really solve their recruitment marketing challenges. Um, And while I really enjoyed that, Um, BlackRock had reached out um, looking for their first employer brand hire and I'm definitely someone who loves to build and so I was really attracted to having that opportunity to build the foundation um, of the employer brand function from the ground up. I was still relatively new in the space so I knew it was going to be a challenge but being able to do that on a global scale and have that lasting impact was something that really, really excited me. Um, And so that's exactly what I did at BlackRock. I really, you know, set the strategy um, was figured out, you know, figuring out how do we, you know, start with the EVP and figure out what is our core messaging? How do we build targeted talent attraction strategies, depending on who it is that we're looking to attract to the company and what are all the various touch points in which we want to activate that messaging and tell the stories of the type of people that we'd like to work here through the lens of our own employees, you know, Ultimately, during my time there, I grew the team um, and really was able to help scale the work. Um, But being in the financial services industry definitely comes with its limitations um, in terms of, uh, you know, the bureaucracy and the uh, regulations that are in, um, in place. And at times I felt that I didn't necessarily have the support to experiment in the way that I necessarily would have liked
1: you, you started at Prudential and they said, we only want someone with a marketing background. We don't want someone with an HR mm-hmm. background. And, and when you made that transition to BlackRock, you're like, okay, now I get to build this. How mm-hmm. do I determine what success looks like? How do I educate the people who brought me in on what to expect from me? How did that go?
2: It was an interesting experience joining BlackRock. That was already a global well-established company that hadn't necessarily paid attention to employer brand in the past um, they always had a very strong consumer brand and that was something that was very attractive to a lot of candidates but as they were increasingly looking to attract more in the, um, the tech industry um, that was really the opportunity to solidify what makes working at Blackrock so special and why should someone care um, so one of the first things that I really needed to be able to do was to, Um, manage up and be able to influence others, particularly within the marketing department that didn't really necessarily have a good understanding of what an employer brand is and what it isn't and why a consumer brand isn't necessarily enough anymore to attract talent. So um, I definitely went on a bit of a roadshow. You know, I couldn't just say this is my strategy. It's why should we care Um, and why is it worth investing in this work? Um, Because at the end of the day, a consumer brand is not going to Articulate what you get out of your career of being at a company, and yes, it does matter to an extent to some people, um, but it doesn't really answer the question of what's in it for you.
1: Yeah, and and when you think about that, there's you've 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 done a lot of things. You worked at some really impressive companies that work. As you look back on it, what's a what's a pro- a project or a piece of work that you're really really proud of, and you kind of like, yep, you're like, I'll hang my hat on that. <laughs> We interrupt this podcast for a special update. The Talent Brand Summit has gone virtual. That means you can connect with and learn from your peers in the talent brand space from the comfort of your own home. We're also sending a little bit of summit to our attendees in summit supplies. So make sure you grab your ticket before June 22nd so that can get to you in time before summit, which is July 7th through 9th check out talentbrand.org/summit to request your ticket today. Again, talentbrand.org/summit. Now back to the show.
2: Yeah, I would say it's two things. So most recently at Lyft, um, one of the things I'm definitely most proud of was getting a life at Lyft Instagram handle off the ground, um, within three months of joining. Um, I spent a lot of time in my prior role at BlackRock trying to make the case for a dedicated, um, employee focused social handle Mm -hmm. and ultimately wasn't able to make it happen. Um, and I knew, um, that that role at Lyft was going to be perfect for me when I, during my interview process, met with the head of the social media team and talked about the fact that there was this very clear gap that existed within their social ecosystem to be able to highlight what it actually feels like to work at the company. It wasn't part of their content strategy. They were primarily looking to target riders and drivers. And so oftentimes employees would send content into the social team and say, hey, can you tweet this? Can you put this on Instagram? And there just wasn't really a home for it. So when I talked in the interview process about wanting to have this dedicated um, channel to kind of give that sneak peek, there was immediate buy-in. So I knew that that was very, very refreshing for me. And I hoped that I would actually be able to Um, Get that support once I joined and I was and you know, it was a matter of putting together, you know a, a compelling strategy that both the talent team and the marketing team ultimately signed off on but also being that You know, I was based in New York critical mass of employees are in San Francisco how do I arm people on the ground to really be ambassadors Mm -hmm. and be engaged and really submit that user generated content. And, you know, was ultimately able to build out a small working group of individuals within the talent team that were just really passionate about social and wanted to help get this channel off the ground um, and be able to create these multi-office campaigns um, where, you know, we really needed to engage our employees and source content from them. So yeah, it was really exciting. Um, We ultimately, did a formalized internal rollout um, when the pandemic had hit because, you know, we also knew that there were a lot of incredible things happening around the company, employees that were volunteering or really supporting one another, you know, during this crazy time. And we wanted to be able to tell those stories. So we felt the channel had gotten to a place where we wanted to make sure that all employees were aware of it and could see that as a, a platform to be able to, you know, get the word out about all the incredible work going on.
0: Yeah. And Barry, something that's really interesting to me is that one, you you, last 10 years, not only did employer, was employer brand not really sort of an industry in itself, um, but, but ride sharing and these gig economy apps weren't really uh, around except for the last 10 years as well. And it, it seems to me like that just being in that model presents some interesting employer brand challenges because you have sort of like this three sided marketplace. You have the corporate employees, you have the, the contractor drivers, um, right? Um, and then you have uh, the, the, the rider, the users, right? Of, of the app, right? Like mm-hmm. how did that play into the, the employer brand work that you were doing? I mean, you, were you mostly focused on just the corporate hiring or did you support sort of uh, fleet acquisition or drivers as well?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my role was really focused on corporate employees, but knowing the driver base Existed and, like, to your point, like, needing to, I guess, like, kind of tread carefully um, because, you know, the experience as a corporate employee is drastically different from being a driver. Um, and, you know, in terms of um, the scope of my role, yes, it was that, but there were opportunities where there was intersectionality um, with what we were doing for drivers, especially, um, you know, th- throughout the pandemic and the type of content we were putting out there. And that was certainly one of the biggest. Um, shifts I had to make in my content strategy as this was all happening because um, I felt that unlike many other companies that, you know, when they first got started on changing their content strategy, I couldn't just show employees with their work from home set up and then rub in the driver's faces that, hey, you're out there putting your life on the line to help transport people who need it the most. And so it's how do I make sure that I'm highlighting the stories of those people who are putting into practice these programs that are intended to help benefit drivers. So really trying to make sure that there is that connection point there. Um, And that really required a strong partnership with our social media team as well, because they talked a lot about, you know, hey, we're distributing sanitizers and masks to the drivers. And so on my side of things, it was, well, how do I show the people that are kind of mobilizing behind that work in order to do this at scale?
0: That's fantastic. Awesome.
1: Yeah, there's so much, like you said, the pandemic, a whole bunch of things um, have, have happened recently. It feels like we've lived um, like 18 months in the last four or five. What, for, for 2020, for you, what's, what's been one or two of your biggest talent brand learnings or takeaways?
2: Yeah, so I think first and foremost, and this was one of the earliest things I picked up on um, as the pandemic really started to ramp up, is the need for brands to act with empathy and understanding. Um, I remember distinctly getting an email from a sorcerer maybe a couple weeks into this, that immediately jumped into the opportunity she was recruiting for, didn't ask me how I was doing, didn't acknowledge the situation, and, I mean, I wasn't interested in the opportunity to begin with, but the fact that they didn't even acknowledge the global crisis that we were in was an immediate turnoff. And I was like, I would never work for this company. But at the same time, that made me think, well, are our sourcers acknowledging what's happening? And it required really you know, quickly mobilizing our sourcers, talking about what kind of adjustments to messaging have you made with any? Um, and how do we make sure that we are not just showing that you know, candidates are in many different, I think, mindsets right now. There's like largely two camps. It's people like me who are actively looking right now because they're laid off or people that fear that their jobs might be in jeopardy. And then there's also people who are like, this is not the right time to leave my company. I think it's stable. I'm going to ride this one out. So it's how do you adjust your strategy depending on who that audience is, but also not necessarily knowing who that is when you first reach out to them. You know, oftentimes that in-mail is the first touch point you have with the brand. So it's how do you kind of cater to all audiences without necessarily knowing what's going on in their minds. Um, And I think, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, it's how do you kind of play the long game right now for those people that want to, you know, stay with their current employer and they're not in the mindset to change jobs? How do you really, if you have one, you know, leverage your CRM um, and use content marketing to help influence over time? So when people, you know, you decide that they are ready to change roles that your company is top of mind for them based on what they've learned in the um, interactions they've had with your team.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think it's leading with empathy. And, and I think it's understanding that the goal of the conversation is the next conversation. The goal is not to close the sale. It's let's continue to talk to each other and learn from each other. I, yeah. I, I love that.
0: It's a great learning. It's, I think we all saw that. Maybe some folks didn't pause some of their editorial calendars that were scheduled out, and they're still talking about the in-office experience and and some of these things that sort of like, oh, we have to go through and look, relook at all of our copy right now, all of our editorial calendar, and rethink. And and it seemed to me, and it, you know, let me know if you if you guys agree. It seemed to me like all of a sudden people need to really shift to talking about the here and now. Like, what are we doing now? Is more a reflection of what's the company we're becoming in this moment mm-hmm. and not so much what's the company we, will, we are in the future and the, the, the career you'll have here in the future. It's more of like, what can you do to add impact right now? And what are we as an employer doing to make impact right now?
1: Well, it takes, it takes that spin, right? So it, it moves us from just content marketers, not that we're ever just one thing, but it takes us from the content marketing seat and almost moves us into a journalism seat. What's going right now? Where are the stories? Where can I find the people who have those stories to tell? How can I highlight them? Because those are the things that, ma- that motivate people, that get them to think about even potentially being an employee at your company. And so that's the part that I, I, I love is that, you like you said, Will, it's like focus on now. Who are we now? And not just who do we aspire to be, but what are we willing to do to
0: respond to all this? Yeah, and how, and how do our values come into action at this moment when it really matters for our people. And I know as, as a CEO riding through this, like I'm I'm having to make those decisions. I'm having to look at that and go, you know, this is people's careers. You know, these are people that are part of a family and there are companies that are having to go through this at no fault of their own. Right. And so it, that's hard uh, and it's crushing um, for a lot of people. And so, um, you know, it, it has been quite a year, but you know, something that i really look forward to is you sharing some of this expertise at our, our virtual summit event next next month tell us a little bit about the session that you're going to be facilitating what kind of topics are you going to have members talking about
2: yeah um so my session i love the name of it it's a uh, Nary shag kill um text tech, tech and tools edition um so essentially you know we know that they're Countless tools out there. It seems like every day there is something new that's popping up on the market There's a reason why the HR tech conference exists Um, it's because you know, they're constantly innovating in the space and so much. It's to hard
1: go Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it, it really is and um, it's hard to know What's the new shiny object that I should be going after or is it all just smoke and mirrors? And isn't it not really gonna, you know, deliver the roi that we're looking for and you know, fortunately, this group of um, people that are attending the summit are, you know, from various different types of companies. All have their own unique experiences with a lot of these different tools, and really being able to, you know, bring our collective expertise together and talk through, you know, what are the types of tools that you want to bring on and you know never part with? What are the tool that you know maybe you want to try out? Don't necessarily know if you'll have a long term relationship with. And then what are the ones that you Perhaps had an awful experience with, and never want to be near again. Um, you know, we're primarily going to talk through, um, you know, these in the context of CRMs, um, social media management and analytics, um, and also content creation and you know employee advocacy. You know, these tools that really impact um, you know our world in terms of talent brand practitioners and how we really scale those efforts.
0: This is always one of my favorite sessions and uh, you know so i'm really excited about it especially in right now because what i am seeing is a lot while a lot of corporate hiring is slowed right now companies are trying to really th- think about how they augment and stay lean and use technology right now and automate some stuff using ai or bots and so like that and so I'm, I'm just really excited to see what people are utilizing right now to, to to try to create some efficiencies at a time when we're trying to trying to be lean or not hiring as much it does seem like TA functions are starting to really just start look internally while they have a little time right now and and optimize their tech stack so it's going to be really exciting.
2: Yeah, and not to mention I I have to imagine that many companies are also experiencing budget cuts, so it's what are the tools that we need to have right now and what are the ones that we could maybe like put on the back burner until 2021. You know, we're going to Absolutely. be in budget planning season soon, so I think this is actually a really interesting time to be having this conversation.
1: Yeah, and I just curiously, I know we didn't talk about this, but I'm curious if you have uh, a company or tech uh, in mind that you would either marry or shag off the top of your head. I'm, or, kill. I'm, I, I, or see, kill, kill. I was going to leave that off of there, but <laughs> marry or shag. Is there, is there a, a, a tool or technology that you are just dying to try out?
2: Not that I can necessarily recall. My mind immediately goes to kill, um, but I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> it's,
0: always, it's always the easier one,
1: isn't yeah. it? it? wouldn't necessarily want you to say a kill because on the off chance that the company that you're interviewing with um, is like, well, we use that technology. That's a technology there. So it's like disqualifying you.
0: Um,
2: I mean, I, I probably I, wouldn't take the job if they we're used just the school. Them, really. That's how yeah. bad it was. But I'm if, not going to name names. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's always if I'm interviewing, I'm always like, "What's the tech stack?" Because I want. Yeah,
2: know, I I always tech ask tech that system. question.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: and so when you think about when you're when you're interviewing, when you're asking those questions in 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 job search mode, it's just trying to figure out who's my boss, what are they going to do, what's what's the tech stack, what else, what what would what are you going to want to know now that's
0: different than maybe earlier in your career. Yeah. Like looking for in, in your next employer, right? Yeah. I think
2: it's, yeah, I really think it's that there is some sort of existing understanding of what employer branding is. Um, I think a lot of times, um, it's, Oh, well you'll, you know, need to use your powers of influence to educate what employer brand is all about. And it can be very daunting day in and day out trying to prove your worth. Um, So I think first off, having a manager who at least gets it, I definitely have had that in the past. um, But someone who really can be a champion of the work and also help influence um, alongside me is something that's really important. Um, I think, you know, really making sure that the company's, you know, mission, values, and culture are something that I align with. Um, That was definitely something that attracted me to Lyft and, um, you know, was proven throughout the employee experience, but I think something that matters to me quite a bit. Um, I also think at least having some understanding of what kind of budget I might have to work with. Um, While it's fun and entrepreneurial to be scrappy and um kind of figure things out in a shoestring budget, I think knowing that there is some hope, um, to be able to leverage budget to scale efforts. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, we have to hire an agency to help us do the EVP. Like that's certainly quite helpful. Um, but at least being able to have budget for other, um, efforts as well. And I also think, um, kind of back to the topic of, you know, a company that gets it. I think, making sure that the company has a strong relationship with their marketing department. Um, I think that that is so key in order to getting these efforts off the ground um, because ultimately marketing can be a blocker for you um, or they could be your biggest champion. And so um, having that kind of pre-existing relationship is something that I'm looking for.
1: How do you yeah, ask so, that question? Like, how do you get, how do you dig into that? Because you can ask that question in a way where someone's like, oh, okay, they're wanting to make sure they have resources, but how do you ask it uh, or how have you asked in, in the past to really uncover, okay, where are the actual relationships? How have you gotten support that you've needed in the past? What's your approach?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, first off, I think the first signal that you could pick up on is someone from marketing, even on the interview loop um, because ultimately if they have a say in the decision, it means, okay, this is someone that we envision working really closely with during that process. But, um, you know, historically I have asked the question, like, how have you typically partnered with, you know, the, the employer brand team or someone within talent, if there wasn't someone doing the role, um, you know, what does that working relationship look like? You know, what do you see the direction of employer brand heading in? Because that's usually a good, um, indicator of, do they actually get it? Um, or is this just going to be something that is an annoying thing that's happening on the side that they either like do or don't have control over? Um, I certainly ask the question in terms of how they see social fitting in. Um, and that's where, you know, you can really pick up on the fact of, you know, whether they view employer brand type content being integral to their overall content strategy that they manage on their main brand handles and how can you know how close to the vest they want to keep content um, are they going to be willing to let you potentially you know run your own channels that are geared towards the employee experience um those are all the types of things that i certainly would want to know up front
0: yeah, yeah I, I would say very I've, I've been able to witness you in a professional standpoint. I've been watching your work, and you're just an amazing talent. So for you employers that are listening here or potential future bosses, um, I definitely check out some of the work that she's done. Find her on LinkedIn. Um, if you truly believe in the, the power of employer branding and, and want a, a great talent that's going to help you take to the next level, uh, you know, you can't get much better can't get much better. Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thanks. Such kind words. I appreciate it.